Welcome to The Watcher. I'm Derek, that's Brandon Escar. What's happening? Brandon, you cut your hair and cut your beard and your mustache off and you look like seven years younger, man. You look like, you know, you ain't supposed to be here right now. No, no, I had dead hair. I needed to regrow it. Right? That feeling when you cut all your hair off on your face is literally traumatic to everybody around you. I shaved my face and Nisha was just like, she looked at me in a way that made me wonder if she was reconsidering our vows, and I was very yeah, put out. You know something? I, I know that we are not supposed to um, equate Black people and simians, but if I cut off my, my beard and my mustache, I look very simian. I look like an egg. I look like a fucking ape. I have a very <laughs> round face. Like, I have a very boilable face. That's what I learned. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're, you're a high commodity right now, dog. That is true. I'm expensive as fuck, but don't nobody want me because I give them gas. Um, don't, nobody, don't nobody want these eggs in this episode either. Don't nobody want this ass. Um, Brandon, <laughs> so dead hair. How'd you, how do you know? Because you can tell by touching it. Really? What's it feel like? Hold on. Hold on. Don't play with me now. What's it feel like when it's dead? Dry. That ain't saying much in California. My shit's always dry. I mean, I watch it every time I get in the shower, but still. I'm, I made my own beard stuff and I don't get mine. doesn't get very dry. Does it have sperm in it? No. Somebody told me that they use a shampoo that has their husband's sperm in it and it keeps their hair silky. They use um, sperm and egg whites. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, it happened on Nip Tuck. Nip Tuck. That's um, I love that show. Nip Tuck. I, um, I know my ex-wife, who you're not a fan of, she just rewatched the show. Um, we didn't have to mention that part. We were talking about that a week ago. Um, but... Um, but yeah, the 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 ladies created a spa. The lady was like, "Yeah, I I don't look it, but I'm whatever age she was." It's like, how do you do that? She was like, "I let my husband come on my face." So one of the, <laughs> one of the, one of the ladies, one of the ladies is was a gay lady, and she had a hookup at the sperm bank. So they started making a face cream. With some sperm they got from the sperm bank, and they put like some lavender and shit in it, and they were selling that shit out the spa. Uh, it's all good until your wife uh, is just leaves the bottle up there, and they don't mention it's got sperm in it, and then you get some in your eye, and it burns. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about. It. But yeah, I don't know how it feels when my hair, this is what it feels like when your hair dies. <laughs> Nobody can get that high note. Like, don't even try. Yeah, I can't do it. I can get the next part down. The, but the high note, nah. Prince was the bad motherfucker, man. I'll tell you yeah. what. And the worst, the worst, the crazy part about it is when he talked, he talks so low. He talks like this. Yeah, he yeah, he talks like that. I can't do it. He talks he talks like this. Um I don't come down and sing to anybody. I'm Prince. Would you like to come up here and be sung to, but not you, Kim Kardashian? Get the fuck off my stage. 
That nigga kicked the Kardashian girls off his stage. So cold. Mm-hmm. I did not invite a Kardashian here. Yeah. <laughs> Who and let man, the dogs wow. out? The 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 Quest Love story is fucking hilarious. The the first time Quest Love uh, DJed a party for him. So he got at the last minute. He said he wanted to do a party at a club. All right. So they got everything straight. This nigga said that he wants a fucking piano. Now it's in New York and the uh, club area that they were using was like on the third floor or some shit like that. There's no elevator. So they have to get a fucking piano up those stairs. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they gather and all that stuff. So, and he said he thinks thinks about all of the stuff that he wants to play. He starts playing his music and he's spinning and all that kind of stuff. And everything is great for him. Then one of Princess Man's came in, it's like, play this. And it's a fucking DVD of Finding Nemo. It was like, okay. That's weird, but all right, I'll put this on while I spin. And then after, like, he kept playing the music, and they were like, no, 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 we just want you to play that. Damn. (laughs) They cut this nigga off to watch Finding Nemo in the club, nigga. I mean, you know what? It just dawned on me that Finding Nemo has absolutely no music in it. It doesn't? I I don't know. No, it doesn't have a single song in it. Neither one of them. Have you heard the uh, the thing that um, Finding Nemo is all in the father's head? No, I don't want to do that because I know all his other kids get killed, <laughs> and I don't yeah, want to. Don't do because, this to me, Scar. Because it's because raining te- outside. Technically, technically, Nemo means no one. Yes, but that's just but, like saying that so, all of the Rugrat babies died, and Angelica just has them as invisible friends. Yeah. Nemo is Latin for nobody. Nobody. I can do Key Sweat singing voice because that nigga didn't sing. Yeah, it just it just sounded as Cedric the Entertainer said. He just sounds like a mosquito in your ear. He just sound real whiny. I want a sandwich. <laughs> Don't give me crust. Can you put some mayo on it, please? But baby, not too much. Man, but when when Keep Sweat came out, man, all that shit was the shit. Oh yeah, like E forty said, how many babies did you make to that Keith Sweat? All of us could probably got a sibling who's the product of how deep is your love. Yeah, how deep is your love is how you tested your speaker back in the day, like the speaker in the car, because because. Because niggas had because niggas used to put a big ass house speaker in the car. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's how you know you had a system. And deep is your love, girl. Brandon, what you know about Key Sweat? Everything. Damn, Brandon, you look so different, man. I can't get past it. Also. So this episode, like high school, like he really right, was, he like was, like he's like he's Brandon's little <laughs> brother, and Brandon about to run in here and be like, "Get the fuck off my computer, man!" And are you wearing my sweatshirt? <laughs> and then they start tussling. Speak, speaking of sweatshirts, like, what is the weather like there? Because you had on a full ass fucking coat and a hoodie when we when we first got on here, and a hat. Uh, we're going through that day after tomorrow type shit. Um, it is literally, it's been raining for the past three weeks and it's been between 54 and 
39 degrees outside every day. So I got me a coat with a heater in it. Yeah, man. I didn't even know that was necessary in California. Pretty soon it's going to start raining squid out here. Um, But yeah. That sounds like a euphemism. (laughs) So this episode was called If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own. And the song that they were playing while the two white people were uh, having their time together in the morning and brushing teeth and all that lovey-dovey, no kid shit that Brandon and Brandy probably do. The only thing I could think about while they were playing that scene was whoever the fuck thought it was a good idea get a good idea to give prize a solo deal should jump kick themselves in a dick or twat. Um Ghetto Superstar was a hit in spite of prize. Yeah, Ghetto Superstar was a hit because of ODB. Who was not even supposed to be on the song? No, it was a hit because of Maya. I'll say both. She only sang the hook. The hook was hitting, though. But let me tell you what happened. Because Proz tells the story about him um, being in the uh, the recording studio. And (laughs) fucking ODB just happened to wander in. It was like, fuck you doing here, son? Like, (laughs) we're just having a conversation. And the song was playing. And he was like, yo, let me get on that. Like, and it was just that he just walked in the fucking studio. He was just doing, he was apparently he was somewhere else in the studio in another room and just walked in there to talk to prize. Cause he saw prize. It was just like, yo, fuck, let me get on that shit, son. And like, because he was ODB, you can't really tell the nigga. No, if you're prize, I was going to say, you got to finish that off with if you're prize, like ODB walking up the prize is like, give me a second while I think about this. Chris Birdman Anderson walking up to fucking what was that? Uh, Adam Morrison. Like, there's <laughs> levels to this shit. <laughs> Adam Morrison, his crying ass. Like, you ain't just gonna walk up to Larry Bird and be like, "Yo, let me shoot with you," but you can walk up to Adam Morrison and be like, "Give me the rock," and Adam's gonna be like, "Oh my god, it's Birdman." <laughs> Birdman can walk up to the Jimmer. Uh huh. Fucking Jimmer. I know. I'm, I, I pulled I'm glad out. Sacramento was doing good in spite of that fucking stupid ass draft deal. See, Brandon, that's why I'm not a Sacramento fan because I lived through all their stupid ass draft choices. Everybody makes stupid draft choices. Not like saw, they did. I saw a, I saw a, a video where uh, he went back to was it BYU? He went back to BYU, dressed up like somebody else, and they didn't recognize him. Right. And he like, he was the fucking man in there, but like mm-hmm. you can't do that's it. why he went. That which is which is literally the equivalent of a senior going back to high school to see their old favorite teacher. Nasty bitch. I've done that before. Nasty bitch. But okay. I did it like right after high school. I didn't. Uh, you know, it was it wasn't like I went back after a few years or some shit. You know what I mean? But Bullworth. As a movie was cool. I, I I'm okay with that. I and Warren B. Warren Beatty couldn't rap worth a damn, which is what made it so great. He kind of reminded me of Joe Biden. He get was, up there was, and rap like this. It, 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 it was, and like the the worst part about it is like the whole crux of that movie because the motherfucker couldn't sleep. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He couldn't sleep, so he just started acting wild and like gaining popularity because he was wild. Mm-hmm. As a politician, because the motherfucker could the, the movie Bullworth. Bullworth. But, you never but, saw that movie? Get a superstar have, was on. Not Get since a superstar it came out. 
So Bullworth couldn't sleep. So he did two things. One, he started telling the fucking truth in rap. And two, he paid somebody to come and kill him, if I recall correctly. I thought Bullworth was about a politician. It is a politician who couldn't sleep, so he started telling yeah, the truth. He couldn't, he couldn't sleep. He was he was campaigning, and he couldn't sleep. So he niggas started telling the fucking truth, and he started rapping. Like, you know what I mean? He I think rapping. social services needs to go, because you need to know that shit don't work, bro. And that's exactly what it sounds like. Yes, very much so. Dick Tracy rapping is not something I would have ever had on my bingo sheet in 1993. Shout out to fucking Dick Tracy. That movie was everything. I loved it. That mo- the Dick Tracy, the movie was everything. And the, the, car- the cartoon was dope, too. I don't know about the cartoon. But I'm old. Yeah. Them niggas was out there with all the eggs and no eggs were sold on that day. And as they're closing up shop and sitting together on their couch, arm in arm, looking all lovey-dovey and shit. They get a knock on the door. And a woman asks, are they all the Clarks? And Lady True walks in. I just want to say real quick for the uh, for the record that if Lori is one side of an excellent sandwich, Lady True is on the other side because Lady True is gangster as fuck. I don't give a shit. Like, she was so gangster, I fucking giggled. Like, the next, if y'all want to skip ahead like 15 minutes, I might still be talking about Lady True because she walks in. Someone pointed out, someone pointed out um, that the symbol of her of her corporation or whatever like that kind of looks like Tesla. Yes, it does. And I thought that too. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't pay that much attention to that part. Um I've been watching the the like people talking about the episodes on um on YouTube after the episode. Okay. We don't care. But I haven't I haven't gone I haven't gone further than we were supposed to. She asked what they've heard about her and they say that she's a billionaire who's building a really big clock down the road and she never comes out. And she's like, No, 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 no. I'm a trillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, thing I'm, I'm building down the road is much more important than a clock, and I do come out, but only when it's important, like right now. Y'all niggas got three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I want your house right now. Also, the 40 acres that it sits on. And they're like, it isn't for sale. And she's like, I get it. Legacy. Family built it. Yada, yada, yada. You know. The doorbell rings and she speaks to whoever's at the door in Vietnamese. She then turns back to the Clarks and essentially says, you know, legacy isn't land. It's in blood passed to us from our ancestors and from us to our children. But y'all ain't got no kids. So when you die, your legacy will die with you and you'll be fucking extinct. Damn, son. And Mr. Clark was like, well, hold on one minute there. And LT, which is again, Lady True, was like, you don't have a minute and don't interrupt. Damn part two, Electric Boogaloo. She's like, we're getting to the good stuff. She tells them that I got rich making advanced pharma and biomedical techs. And among my holdings are thousands of clinics, including, ding, the fertility clinic in your area. You went there 10 years ago and didn't get pregnant because they told Miss Clark that her eggs were non-viable. But I say bullshit. (laughs) 
So much bullshit that I'm not offering you money for your land. I'm offering you a child for your land. And Katie Clark tries to throw her out, but John's like, well, a mouth is a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what she's talking about. And LT apologizing is like, Katie, you you misunderstood me. I I get that. I'm not gonna make you a baby. Already made the fucking baby. And she goes to the door, and so a girl creepy. hands her a bundle of joy. This, this is so the creepy. most. This is the most. Nah, this shit is gangster. This is the most gangster shit I've ever seen. She is like, no, 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 I've already done it. Fuck. I already made the baby. And, <laughs> and then she goes. No, no, no. And then oh, she's God. like, in anticipation of our agreement, I went ahead and created your son, and he's yours biologically. I also placed $5 million in an account to cover relocation and, you know, baby food, college, and et cetera. She lets them hold the baby and then gives him 30 seconds to decide. John holds the baby and says, he has your eyes. LT lets them look in the baby's eyes and says, you have 10 seconds. Or I have no other choice but to destroy the baby. (laughs) Gangsta ass shit. She's like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll find a loving home for him, but he'll never know where he came from. A few seconds later, they're signing the paper and the lights flicker and LT walks outside where a meteor is landing in their old field and John asks what that was and she's like, that? That right there is mine. <laughs> and that's why the timing was so important and that's the best intro to this show that I can imagine. Now, and now also, it's the 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 family's last name was Clark. Mm-hmm. They get a they get a baby that's not theirs, and then once they sign everything over, uh, what seems like something akin to the way that Superman got here shows up on their property. Oh, huh. <laughs> huh. I didn't that think about that shit. Huh. Yeah, and the fact that she knew exactly when this was going to happen mm-hmm. is wild. Mm-hmm. You got three minutes because in three minutes and one second, that meteor is going to land in your yard and you're not going to want to sell it to me once you see what the fuck it is. She, she, but like, nigga, as soon as you say five mil, I'm about that life. Yeah. Fuck all this. But I mean, like she said, they have been trying for a child. Mm-hmm. The baby is priceless. Yeah. At the end of the day, things can be replaced. People can't. Mm-hmm. She destroy your kid though in ten seconds. She ain't destroying my kid in ten seconds. I'm signing the fucking dotted line. So, meanwhile, Angela goes back to the bakery and cleans all fingerprints of Will. She then breaks down his wheelchair and she wants to burn the note, um, which she does on accident. The phone rings and it's the Greenwood Center for Cultural Heritage, and they found new ancestors to Wills. She checks with dispatch to see if there was any silent alarms at the center because somebody broke in and they're like no and she's like well i'm gonna investigate so if you hear any sign alarms it's just me and then she breaks the glass and breaks in which i feel like that's a very cop thing to do yeah um she goes to the gates she's not a cop but she's totally a cop i mean she's a cop she's She's thoroughly a a cop she's even sitting at a desk in the police department she a cop well she's a cop because the the detectives wear the Wear the costumes, right? The detectives wear the costumes, and the the regular regular cops wear the cop uniform with the yellow mask. 
She's a special detective. Secret agent chick. So she goes to the Gates device and it gives her an acorn, which she is going to use to plant her family tree. Which in in other terms for a tree is an egg. And the imagery is fucking stunning. I wish we had technology like this. She finds out the Will and June are her grandparents on her dad's side. She also meets her great-grandparents, which would be so dope to do in real life. I wish I knew my past. I mean, I'm not doing that DNA shit. Hell no. They ain't tracking me like that. Mm -mm. They're already tracking you. To all black folks. Did you do the DNA thing, Brandon? No, I didn't didn't really care that much. (laughs) I, I I don't... I don't know what but I would do it DNA. if I ever did feel like Karen. I would do it. And so they show her what Will looked like when he was a little kid. And she asked child Will to leave her alone. And at that very moment, she hears her car hit the ground and sees Lori laughing at it. The, and also, the, the, the imagery that they put is Will's face over hers. Mm-hmm. Young Will's face over hers. Young is such a stupid rap name, and yet it's ubiquitous. How do you spell young for a rapper, Brandon? Y-U-N-G? Exactly. But some of the other youngs, like Young Jeezy, was actually young the way it normally is spelled. Young money? he, He eventually dropped the young, but still. Yeah, because he grew up. Meanwhile, Lil Wayne isn't Wayne. Yeah, because he's why little. would he just why would he just be Wayne? <laughs> I mean, you can't and be just little. Wayne in rap. Yes, he's he's not a very he's not a very tall man. Okay, so his company is called Young Money. He didn't just name it Money once he got older. Well, I mean, it still technically is young because after he did all of that legal stuff to get it away from Birdman, um, it's still kind no, of it's young. young money. Y'all are missing it. It's young money, like people say, old money. Mm-hmm. Like if you are like, no, that's what I'm from, saying. He's been in the business long enough that he's got old money no, now, right? No, 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 no. Old money is like coming from aristocrats. Slaveholders, yeah. No, because he's he... got young money. Yo, can I ask you a question, Brandon? Did you make that logo for uh, Privilege? Yeah. That is a dope-ass logo, sir. Oh, thank you. I salute you on that one. Uh, that made yeah, me happy. Thank you. I don't have those kind of skills. You do, too. You use it for candle making. I don't have, like the, like, those design skills in that manner. You do. You design candles. Chemistry, that's not art. So the alarm to the car is going off, and Angela reaches underneath the wheel well, gets a spare key, and turns off the alarm. Lori sees her do all of this, and then she asks her if it's her car. Fucking Karen. You turning off the alarm to people's cars? You just randomly grabbing keys from people's cars? Huh? Huh? Huh, black lady? She calls in dispatch, Angela does, to get a recovered stolen vehicle and says she I mean, needs a Angela tow. Did break into a, uh, Angela did break into the, um, to the center. facility. Yeah, but facility Lori don't know and that. Then lied, and then lied about it and said somebody else did it. Yeah, but Lori don't know that. Mm, I see. 
You don't know. She, you don't know what she knows. That's very true. She calls in dispatch for recover stolen vehicle and says she needs a tow. And Lori tells her it fell out the sky. And Angela says you're kidding. And Lori tells her that she doesn't kid about things falling out the sky, like she didn't just tell an hour long fucking joke about a brick falling out the sky last episode. I don't know if anybody else caught that. I caught it. All right, fine, Scar, you caught it. Angela also finds Will's memory pills in the car, and she goes home and sees Cal and their daughters asleep in her bed. So she goes to Topher's room and sleeps on the bottom bunk. And Topher asks where she was, and he asks if her if his sisters are okay. And he's like, I think so. And he says he didn't see that man at the uh, at the funeral get shot in the head, but he did. He asked her if she was scared when the bomb started beeping and she saved everyone. And she says that she was and, and still is. So he gives her his comfort bunny or maybe a comfort squid. No, it's the um, it's a uh, toy version of Ozymandias's uh, lynx that he used to have as a pet. That it genetically engineered lynx that he used to have. Oh, it's a it's a toy version of that. Anyway, you look at it. Topher's OK. He's a good kid. Angela tells Cal what Lori said about the car, and he asked what she was doing there in the middle of the night. And Angela's like, I don't know. He asked what Angela was doing there in the middle of the night, and she's like, I, you know, I was breaking into the cultural center. And he asked, Why would you break into the cultural center? It's not all right. He should be fucking Chris. Like people who go for people who go as Topher are weird people, and I totally would have done that to my child, but. Still, his real name would have been Christopher, and I would have just did Topher just as a like, haha, we're just gonna we're gonna be the opposite of making you Chris. But still, you should be fucking Chris. Sorry. Everybody hates Chris, man. So he asked why she broke into the cultural center, and Angela's like, because I'm not acting rationally right now, Calvin. <laughs> Which is something Nietzsche would have said to me, and I would have shut the fuck up. At the same time, Topher's having a conversation with his sisters, and he's telling them that Judd didn't go to heaven, and his sisters didn't appreciate that at all. So I'm sure they were blown away when Cal's like, yeah, heaven's pretend. They asked where Judd's at, and Cal's like, he doesn't exist again. He didn't exist, and then he was born, and then he lived, and then he died, and now he doesn't exist again. Y'all want some waffles? You know, he seems so nonchalant and matter of fact about everything yes. like he is not you know what i mean he's just not moved by anything happening at all yes. he's just like oh that okay cool yes but i mean like uh, at what point do you have that talk with your kids that if they think god isn't real it's like i uh, have no proof that he is want some waffles but he explains it in a way that we that you kind of recognize if you're paying attention. Yes. And that's some righteous daddying right there. Yes, true. Angela goes to Wade's house where he's downstairs in his bunker developing pictures of the <clears throat> baby squids do 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 baby squids do 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 baby squids do 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 baby squids. No. He feels bad for them because he's sure that they're just as confused by hitting the ground that, on that, Earth. That, re that required a Vader no. I'm sorry. That required a Vader no. 
as the humans were to see them hitting the ground on Earth. So he's studying them. And Angela calls him weird, and he essentially tells her it takes one to know one. She gives him Will's pills and asks him to ask his ex what they are. And he asks what they are, and she replies, does it matter? He says, only if it, replies, only if it applies to the murderer or beloved chief of police. And Angela asks Wade if he knew the judge was a racist. And Wade replies, he was a white man in Oklahoma, Angela. <laughs> That's my favorite line of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Which doesn't bode well for Wade either, though. <laughs> no, but like he's a he's an older white man in Oklahoma. Wade. Yes. Yo, I got to be real with you. I think I said this before. I feel like any person now over the age of 80 who's white is racist. That's absolutely not true. That's not, I mean, that's not true. And like only a Sith speaks in absolutes. I mean, I'm going to go with the Star Wars references at this point. But um, no, dog. Like, what do you do? The reason why is because they lived through an era of segregation mm-hmm. where it was okay to treat people of color less than. Yeah, so I even if they're not racist, they lived in a world of racism, so it is steeped in them in some way, shape, or form. Every you know, white person seen... is every white person who lived through segregation wasn't racist. Some of the people right. were against it. There were white right. people at those sit-ins getting they getting blasted with the black people. Right. Have you <laughs> so... ever seen the, the I'm black and I'm proud video? Lots no, I saw I there. saw Rosewood. I hate you, Daddy. That was Florida. We don't part in seventy eight. So in two years she's gonna be racist. No, she she makes the cut. Uh, fucking Florida. We're talking about you're talking about Rosewood that happened in fucking Florida. Okay, can I? Okay, okay, okay. I feel you. But white folks who grew up in the South who are of a certain I say, age. I could say wife, wife, uh, I mean. In I would, Alabama. Okay, I would say. In Mississippi. In the South, above a certain age, have a stronger percentage of being a strongly yes. a strong likelihood of be of having that in their background yeah what he said because yes. when i read uh um what's that full eyes can't full hearts clear minds can't lose when i read friday night lights them white oh, folks God. are calling booby miles a, a fast-legged nigga uh, yes, <laughs> in the yeah. 80s because yeah because the 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 book takes place in the 80s yes they was like, that's and a quick a story. That's a quick legged nigger right there. Exactly. <laughs> that's like the first words in the and, book. And the worst part about it is like in the book, they didn't have any problem saying that around him. Nope. No problems at all. Nope. Nigger, what's your name is? So she pulls out Judge Clan robes and tells Wade how she how he hid it in his closet. And he asks her if she reckons that he was Calvary. And she asks him if he reckons that he was. And Wade says, it looks like they have themselves a reckoning. Reckon is such a good fucking word. I still say I reckon. I don't use it at all. I That's the most reckon I've used in like the past 20 years. I'm from the South, sir. I reckon you're right. Brandon. How many times do you reckon that you said reckon? I don't say it. See, he's from Baltimore. I reckon we're different from y'all in which, the South, which, Scar. Which is which is only technically the South. 
Baltimore. Mm, you go to Dundalk, it's the South, definitely. Wade sees the fabric on the robe was old school, and he says it was probably Judd's grandfather's. Angela asks him to keep it so the FBI lady, Lori, doesn't find it. You know, thin and, blue and line. He, he, also, he also noticed that from the badge. Said the old school part, the badge. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. Yeah, but you said from the cloth. Yes. Um, but she also doesn't want him to tell Lori about the pills either. Wade knows that Lori's extremely weird, which is saying a lot for a guy who wears a mirror on his face. Angela's at the bridge, taking it there, and she looks over her shoulder and sees a skinny person in a silver gimp suit. So she chases it, but the silver gimp is fast and literally greases itself up and strips off its utility belt and literally gimp slides into the sewer. I have two I'm of two minds about this. Gimping ain't easy? Well, one, the only person that we know with that physique is Petey. The only person that we've came across in this uh-huh. in, in, in these episodes so far has been Petey. But why would Petey well one, why would Petey know to go there? And two, why would he know those sewers enough to know that he could fit in there? Mm-hmm. That's my thing, but like, like it points to Petey because we already know that he ha- he has a healthy respect for all of the 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 people in costumes and shit like that. Um, in fact, he studied them. So like, this this all seems like it fits, but but how would he know? You know, you see these outfits and you wonder who the fuck is walking around there like no capes. I will make you what you want, but no capes. Which girl had a cape? Who had a cape? The hooded the, justice? The, yeah, hooded justice. Other than hooded justice, I haven't seen a cape yet. Ozymandias had a cape. Maybe it's old school. Yes, he did. He's st- well, he's does. Still does. Yeah. King thanks Angela for saving his life and apologized for the funeral. <laughs> then he put on his costume. Trying to see if I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> King's like, I should have known I had a target on my back. And Angela agrees and tells him not to get kidnapped next time. And Angela asks Pirate Jenny and Red Scare if they know who Gimp Lubeman is. That's what I named him. Mm-hmm. Lori moved into Judd's office, which nobody likes. And she tells Angela that she dusted her car for Prince and tells her that they didn't match any known perps. So she sent them to Quantico and they got a hit. Will. Will Bass. Will Bass, you know, Bass's grandson. So when he was watching it on the theater, he was literally watching his grandfather get down, which is dope as fuck. Yeah, but he took his grandfather's first name as his last. Right, because his first name was Bass Reeves. Right, Bass's son. Bass! Bass's grandson. Um, She notes that he has to be at least 100 years old by now. And they probably get around in wheelchairs when they're 100 and up. Lori's putting stuff together. Petey tells Lori something in whispered tones, and they go out to investigate. And Lori is investigating Angela's car because it is a thermodynamic miracle. She says her boyfriend used to be on that nerdy shit, and Angela says that he sounds like he's a lot of fun. Lori's like, well, he's no cow. She wants to ride that pony. She, I mean, the I mean, saddle is she, waiting. She really, come and jump on it. 
Or she really has an attraction to that dude. Hey, Brandon, is 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 that nigga from Baltimore? Genuine's from Baltimore, right? I don't think Genuine's from Baltimore. D.C. He's from D.C. Okay. So he's from D.C. Cisco's from Baltimore, though, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Elgin Baylor Lumpkin is from D.C. Okay. Okay. I, I just wanted to call him Elgin Baylor Lumpkin. Well, I can see that because D.C., that's where Elgin Baylor was uh, playing college ball at or high school ball. But um, Lori's like, you know, I went to your house. Talk to Cal. I didn't know that Cal and you met in Vietnam. Then she asked if Angela had family in Vietnam. And Angela's like, no, my parents died long ago. And Lori says, that makes sense that you're an orphan because people who wear masks are driven by trauma. They're obsessed with justice because of some injustice they suffer, usually as children. Ergo, the mask. It hides the pain. Angela says, I wear the mask to protect myself. And Lori says, right. From the pain. From the pain. <laughs> so, <laughs> did nuns murder your parents or were you raised by nuns after your parents were murdered? No judgment. <laughs> she is the best part of this show right now. <laughs> And Lori's like, I used to dress up and fight bad guys, too. And Angela's like, oh, really? Angela asks, and what was your trauma? And Lori's like, Petey, tell her what my trauma was. Petey, tell her, give her the line. And then and he, Peter, recaps, he recaps the first movie mm-hmm. the, in the comic book. And Petey tells Angela that Lori's parents were the comedian and Silk Spectre, both Minutemen. And the comedian sexually assaulted Silk Spectre in the 40s. And then they arrive at LT spot. That's a hell of a lot of trauma. Lori asks the folks at uh, the LT's business if they may use one of their drones to pick up a car in downtown Greenwood. But Beyond says she will escort them to LT's Vivarium for tea. Lori asks her if they're building the eighth wonder of the world. And Beyond's like, no, we're building the first wonder of the new world, my nigga. And Angela's like, what does it do? And Beyond's like, it, it tells time. <laughs> what what do you think it did? Like it, it She's tells- not very good at hiding being shady. No, not at all. It, it tells time. Like, what are we doing here? So <sighs> I love this episode. LT apologizes for the uh humidity in the vivarium and says she does it for the plants, you know, like Jay-Z says, he does it for Brooklyn. And I have all of the questions at this point. She has imported them from her home in Vietnam. What questions? Wait, do I want to know what the questions are? No, I'm, it makes me think that she has something to do where, 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 where Adrian Veidt is. Ah. Because, you know, she has a, fully enclosed area that that reminds her she has plants and 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 stuff that reminds her of of vietnam so like where he is as we're going to learn later seems to be enclosed in something Mm -hmm. very similar except larger Mm -hmm. and and what he gets out of the river like all of this stuff like you know goes back to what she did at the beginning of the episode. And like, so I'm wondering how much she has to do with this. And also that one line that you're going to get to in a minute. So I'll let you do that. Lori mentions that Angela's also from Vietnam. 
And LT calls it a coincidence, but Angela's like, no, it's a thermodynamic miracle, and looks at Lori, which is funny to me. Beyond gives them a list of everyone who could fly one of the drones, and LT offers condolences for the loss of Judd. And LT says it reminds her of an expression about grief they used to use when she was little. In Vietnamese, she tells Angela that Will wonders if she got his pills. <laughs> and Angela's like, you know what? That made me remember a saying as well. Tell that old fucker he can ask me himself. <laughs> and LT's like, I hadn't heard that one before. It's quite beautiful. <laughs> right. Uh, Lori notices the statue of Adrian Veidt, and LT says he was a great man. And Lori asks why they made him look so old. And LT says, well, in my culture, age is to be revered. No, no, no. First, she said, because he is old, which leads me to thinking that she got something to do with this shit. And she knows how old he is right now. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, she knows something about this shit that that we don't know yet. But in in her culture, age is to be revered. And Lori says, this is America. Riley Freeman is the fucking best. Who is also, you know, Angela. But still, did you need to hear the whole thing? Fine. I'll let you hear the whole thing. I thought to myself, what if this was a movie? Look, fuck you. Fuck the plane you flew in on. Fuck them shoes. Fuck those socks with the bell on it. Fuck your gay ass fairy faggot accent. Fuck them cheap ass cigars. Fuck your yuck mouth teeth. Fuck your hairpiece. Fuck your chocolate. Fuck Guy Ritchie. Fuck Prince William. Fuck the Queen. This is America. My president is black and my Lambo is blue, nigga. Now get the fuck out my hotel room. And if I see you in the street, I'm slapping the shit out of you. The fundraiser. <laughs> that's that's um that's Regina. Yes. That's Regina King. Yes, and and in huh. every episode, I am hearing every episode. I am listening out for one of the kids to come across and something <laughs> that she said. <laughs> because when she in the second, well, no, the the first was the first episode. No, no, the second episode when she goes in there to uh, when she brings Will to the to her bakery and she goes in there, she starts hollering. That is one hundred percent Riley. Hmm. So, going back to the beginning of the episode, like Scar was saying, Adrian is off on wherever he is, mining baby clones, do 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 do, baby clones, do 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 do, baby clones. Yeah, this my man is my man is using a was it was it a um a clam trap? Mm-hmm. To get to to get babies out the water, but they ain't up to a standard, so he just murders a few babies. You know, no biggie. No, he throws them back. To where? In the water, where they came from. Right. I mean, the one of them he pulled out ain't had no arms, so, like, I can't use you. Yeah, why would he throw it back in the water? The nigga obviously can't swim. <laughs> I mean, you survived up to this point. <laughs> Good luck, dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know, I know. We were talking about this on on Patreon last week, y'all, and um, we were talking about comedians and ableist jokes. I still think about my favorite ableist joke of all time. The nigga said, I went to the playground last week to get a good run of basketball in. And while I was waiting, there was a nigga there who was waiting to play. Nobody would pick him up. He didn't have any arms. Nobody was choosing him. So I was like, fuck it. I'll pick you up. Let's go. We got out there on the court and we got our ass whooped. Nigga wouldn't pass the ball. <laughs> Nigga couldn't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't dribble that well either. <laughs> that sounds like a Craig Robinson joke. Nah, I forget what the nigga's name is now, but it's one of my favorite jokes. It goes to my head every time I see somebody who can't pass and shoot. But I mean, now they got that young nigga. What's his name, Brandon? Young nigga with uh, one arm who's playing college ball now. That bro, that that dude, the truth. You know who I, I'm talking about, Scar. I I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name. Yeah, he's doing the damn thing though, like for real, for real. Hansel Emmanuel. Yes. That that boy, the truth. I don't care what nobody say. That boy, the truth. It's just like my man who made it to the NFL with one hand. Hmm. Or Jim Abbott, who made it as a pitcher with one hand. I mean, if you're a pitcher, that's all you you only need one hand, right? Well, you got to catch the ball too. So he would put his glove underneath his armpit, and then he pitch, and then he put the glove back on. So then, if the ball got hit back at him, he could catch it. Like it was fucking impressive. Yeah, that sounds impressive. But the babies that were up to Adrian's standards, he puts them into like a microwave incubator and turns a few dials. And while this nigga's sitting there eating cake and there's a few minutes of totally horrible screaming and cake eating, Miss Crookshanks and Mr. Phillips pop out. And he tells them that they're a few hours from being able to speak, but they should be able to understand I'm your master and y'all are flaws in this thoughtless design. He is not their maker. He would have never burdened such pathetic creatures with life. But to be alive, they have to have a purpose and they have none but to serve. He walks him into his dining room and apologizes for the mess his flies buzz about because he has murdered his entire fucking staff. And that, they can't, I mean. Staff I, is um, generally. Loosely word. a loose term. Yes. Because they're fucking slaves. But he's like, I, I had a rough night. I guess the hunt with both with Bocephalus went poorly. He takes a horseshoe from one dead hand and says he doesn't need it yet. And then he loads up the dead bodies and launches them with a catapult into the sky where they fucking disappear. Yeah. He's been there for four years. And at first he thought it was a paradise, mm-hmm. but it's a prison. But with the clones helping with their bodies, he will escape this godforsaken place. I think he's on the fucking moon. I I was thinking so too because he's he's definitely not on Mars. He's definitely not on Mars, but I was also thinking what kind of place could you be in on the moon where you can launch something out of it and it not compromise the whole thing? I mean, it could just be some 
you know, some 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 blue nigga shit, but like blue nigga like, shit. <laughs> Sorry. So um Angela asks Cal what he's reading, and he tells her that things fall apart and she spoils it. And he's like, uh-huh. And she's like, clearly I'm trying to pick a fight. And he's like, I noticed. And that's how I need to handle all situations with my wife going forward. I've I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I told you, she, he, ain't wor- he, ain't, he, he doesn't get, he don't get out of pocket. He don't, he's not moved by anything. She says that, um, she asked him, when were you going to tell me the woman from the FBI came by to talk to you? And Cal responds, the woman from the FBI came by to talk to me. <laughs> she wanted to know who called the house the night Judd got killed. And he guessed that she checked the phone record. And Angela asked him, what did you say? And he tells her, I told Lori that we were having sex in the hall closet when the phone rang. And then you answered and you handed me a gun and then you left. And I don't know who you spoke to. I didn't see you all night long. And when you returned, you told me that your grandfather murdered their friend our friend, which is confusing because you never told me you had a grandfather. And Angela's like, I know you didn't say none of that. I know you lying. And he's like, of course I did. And I lied to Lori and I fucking hate lying. And Angela says that Lori knew that we met in Vietnam and asked Cal if he told her about his accident. And Cal thinks that Lori's trying to help them and maybe he knows how to find the old man. And Angela says she can find him herself and says that I'll meet you in the closet. But but them meeting in Vietnam leads me down some 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 pathways, mental pathways also. So why why were they having sex in the hall closet? That seems so uncomfortable. So you got kids around. You gotta fuck where get in where you fit in, fool. Absolutely. If you can go in the hall closet, you can go in your room. Not if the kids can come into your room and sleep in your bed at any given moment. You fuck in the closet, sir. You, you've never had that situation where you're absolutely terrified because you're in the middle of fucking and all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden you, y'all are not that, making any sense. That the door closet is close to that door. <laughs> The hall closet is closer to their room. What are y'all talking about? But having your kids walk in, it feels so good. It feels so good. It feels. I threw up. Shit. That is happening. Y'all are missing the point. The hall closet is closer to their room and louder. No, the hall closet was downstairs. Their room is upstairs. Downstairs. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to me. So Beyond wakes up, and besides, with all the shit she got statue at the bakery, I think it's a pretty fucking big hall closet. Beyond wakes up and goes downstairs, and she tells LT she had a nightmare. She was in a village, and men came by and burned it. Then they made them walk, and she was walking for so long, her feet still hurt in real life. And Beyond asks her mom if she'll walk her back to bed, and LT's like, "No." Then Beyond's like, okay, and says goodnight to Will. Is she an LT clone? But I'm like, okay, is she a clone of LT or is she a clone of someone else related to LT because of the glasses? So Beyond says, so LT gives him some tea and Will says she looks worried. And LT's like, I'm not worried, I'm concerned. 
The pills you left behind are a passive-aggressive exposition, and if you want Angela to know who you are, then tell her. And Will's like, Angela won't listen. And LT says, it's too cute by half. And Will says, is that why you're doing the same thing to your daughter? And LT says, it's entirely different. And that this is also the source of your concern. When family are of her concern, when family's involved, things get cloudy, feet get cold and deals get broken. And Will assures her that his feet are just fucking fine. He asks how much longer on the clock and LT says three days. And Will says in three days, Angela will know that I betrayed her and she'll hate me for it. And LT's considered concerned about whether or not he's in. Well, he is all the way. Tick tock. Tick tock. I did that part was weird because the last time we heard someone actually say tick tock, it was Kesha. And the party don't stop like oh, 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 oh. Scar, you got anything? Nope, nothing new. Brandon, you got anything? No, I don't got nothing. I'm I'm interested to see the the, the rest of the show. I just oh, I want to say something, Brandon. What? I I got I I I got I got my lady on um, the undoing, and she watched that shit straight. Like she did not take a break. I I tried to explain what it was. I was like, okay, watch the first episode and see how it go. You mean who done done it? Yeah, I told her to listen to the podcast, but she could not stop watching the show. She watched that shit all the way through. That's how I felt, but I had I was watching it real time, so I couldn't wait. I had to wait. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Do you think? So, I raised six thousand three hundred seventy-five dollars for my basketball team. Thank you to everybody who donated. Uh, Y'all can leave a review for the show at. Uh, on Spotify, you can also hold on. You- hold on, I know you got to go, but can they still donate? Can no, it's, still it's, donate? it's it's over. If they want to donate, okay. I can give them my um my Venmo, but the fundraiser itself is over, so it wouldn't be okay. tax deductible. Okay. Um, you could leave a review for the show on Spotify. You can also leave a review for the show on uh Apple Podcasts. Or on the uh, Good Pods app, um, or on Podchaser. Uh, you can hit up Scar on Twitter at Scarfinger, or Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B O K. And I'm on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. And the podcast itself is on uh, Twitter at RTO Podcast. Shout out to Joe who went on Spotify and literally made playlists for every season of every episode that we've done. Every oh, that's show. cool. Every show. Yeah, yeah that of every show. That's dope. Which is really dope. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Thank you. You can donate to the show on patreon.com slash single simulcast. Uh, you can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. You can buy us a drink. Or you can donate to the show at you can leave a tip in the tip jar on the Good Pods app. And then just a tip. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're gonna holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. Everywhere that I go ain't the same as before people I used to know just don't know So I suggest you lay low
a single simulcast. Don't nobody out in the city.